never be the same. Never, never, never will I be the same. God increase, pastor decrease. Give us ears to hear what God has to say. Going to walk with power, not at the loss. Get left. Amen. You guys may be seated. Okay, come on up. Yeah, it won't be taped, trust me. All right, yeah. Also, oh, okay. I forgot about the twins. I forgot about the twins. It's Zaya's birthday and his sister. Came out second. Uh, so now God. Amen. Uh, and, and not even not even in a sense of where, you know, you, you know, I would grow up and, you know, things would be going wrong. Then people go, it's time to pray. No. Prayer never should have stopped. It, 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 the prayer shouldn't have been on somebody's clock. Prayer is, is, is that re, it's, it's our reality. So God is proactive and not reactive. Yeah, I always talk about the lady who told me I looked deranged because I had a smile on my face. And I, I had some options of what I could say back to her. And no lie, the first thing popped in my head was your mom. But, but I just didn't say it. I thought it. I thought it. But then, you know, as I say, I've said up here several times, a lot of people know how to act like a good person, very few know how to react like one. You are your reactions, regardless of what you can say, how good you are you want to, but if your reactions are shady and dirty, then that's who you are. And you gotta work on that, right? Because we've all had bad reactions. And then we said, how do I get better? Not just good, better means when it comes at me, I'm so saturated in Christ, in prayer, that my reaction is going to be godly. Going to be godly. It's going to be the way that we do it. Now, I use that in a sense of not letting people get under your skin and, you know, kind of find out that particular lady had come from a funeral. I'd come from a birthday party with my twin. But had I got angry like she was angry, I would have been in her world. Have you ever had a reaction where you got into somebody else's world and now you're not the main character. <laughs> you are a, you are stand-in in somebody's world. Because of their hurt, their opinion, it drug you in. It drug you in. And listen, listen, the, the stand of Christ, the stand of Christ does not look normal to the world. For me to be sitting there still smiling at that person, whether it was a shark smile or not, doesn't look normal. It looks like I'm being defeated. It looks like I'm being run over. But at the same point in time, God says, no, you're being an overcomer. So it's real close to look like you're being taken advantage of by the world when God says, I'm making you an advantage in this world. And that's the part of it. That's the part of it. He's called us, as, as Pastor Rita was talking about, God meeting our needs and, and, and you know, even, even as I mentioned last week, God is a multiplier. Quit trying to add stuff to your situation. Let God multiply. Two plus two is four. Two times two is four. But that's it. That's the only time they equal. It's at the start. Because two plus three is five. And two times three is... Oh, please act like you know the answer to this question. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> like, I didn't know. <laughs> Right? You, you are called, <laughs> you are called to multiply. 
when you're in add mode, you're going to add more stress than you will multiply in God's blessings. And multiply, God's multiplication, right? People are like math anyway. There are some that add. There are some that multiply, but there are those who divide and subtract. Yeah. And then they create a fraction in your life. We got math. There's one lady screamed out in the uh, sixth grade, amen. Like she, she, we were in school. She, she, again, God will use you as a believer where you are. What am I called to do? Live like a believer right where he has you. That is your calling. That is your calling. If people think this is the calling. If, you, if I'm a king and a priest and you're a king and a priest, be one. Right where you are. Right? You don't need a pool pit. You need to pull your pit up there and get it done. I like it when it's just us. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. It was good last week and I had to behave. But, but I like it when it's just us because we have real stuff going on. Like we got, we got real, real like, like, like I want to tell you your head is messed up. But you can't say it that way. Right? On account. Like, like, like there are just times, and, and so listen to this. Anyway, let's just move on. Let's just go. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2 says, We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in, in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, we all have a mentality. If we don't do things right away, we may not do them anyway. Right? There are times you have to get up and go now. Get up and we talk about that at the gym. If, if, I, if I sit there and think about it long enough, I'll keep sitting and then I won't go. Right? If, if I washing dishes, like, so when you do all the juicing, if I don't stay on top and wash immediately, they're going to sit there. Right? Even though I rinsed all the dry juice, I need to do the whole kitchen. Right? Now, listen. <laughs> As we talk about deliverance, you need to be in constantly in letting God deliver us from attitudes and behaviors. Every single one of us have an attitude towards something. And just because mine is different don't mean it's better. Right? It doesn't mean it's better. It, it means it's, 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 it's there and we got to keep working on it. And that's why salvation is a journey. Who can say, I'm just the way I am? Well, if a thief broke in your house, that doesn't mean he owned the house, but he can rob what's in it. So when we open doors to allow things in there, he's robbing, and we need to kick the thief out. The devil comes to, and that's John 10.10. 10. So, you can save, sanctify, going to heaven, but robbed. Can't nobody come to your house for juice because your temple's empty. It's been raided. It's been, it's been, it's, and, and man, nothing does that more than, than somebody that hurts your feeling or get on your nerves. And, and like, you, have you been angry? For, ever been, anybody ever been angry for like a month? Like <laughs> six years, maybe. Like, like, like I, I love it. I mean, I love it. God has put it in there. But what he meant for you to meditate on his word, not meditate on the problem. Now is the day. Now, God, now, right now, God, I need immediate stuff. As much as we want our child or whoever to change immediately, God wants us to turn to him immediately. 
So I love that you shared that about forgiveness. <laughs> that is 911 right there, Vance. See it? That's that 911. That is. It's urgency, the power of urgency. If you don't deal with something urgently, it's going to turn into an emergency. When we lay around, we will mess around and miss out on what God has for us because we're laying around and we're, we're waiting on it. And now faith is. We always say that, right? The number one a resolution people have for New Year's is lose weight. The idea hits at Thanksgiving. But they don't plan to start till January, mid-January. Thank God for the fast, right? That's kind of messed up people's timing on that. I'm going to wait till all the turkey is gone. You can see people in the middle of the night eating off that turkey because now what it is, we're in a, uh, I guess what we call an ethics situation where I don't want to waste food. Living in our now <laughs> with God keeps us from having to wait until something falls out to have fellowship with God. So God says, I want you to pray without ceasing. How do I pray without ceasing? Let me say this. How do I quit saying the wrong things? Pray without ceasing. How do I quit popping off and saying the stuff and popping out and having the wrong reaction and, and lashing out? Pray without ceasing. The minute the voice that happens, and I'm going to look down when I say this because I don't want to see anybody's facial expression. The minute the voice that tends to tempt you to make you say something, lash out, you hear it. You start praying in the spirit. Because again, again, us who are free, we're going to have to go set others free. You cannot deliver until you've been delivered. Right? That makes sense? Moses couldn't bring no, he can't let my people go if he up there. Jesus had to be ran with. Said, he, then once they became delivered, they could deliver. And what does that mean? You mean, Pastor, I got to be perfect? No, deliver the word. Be delivered enough to deliver the word. See, again, you got to think about it, right? Because it's, sometimes we think, well, no, I can't, I can't tell nobody about Jesus until I get it all together. There's no such creature. There's not. It's just, it's just not. All together? All together? The timing of why we heard the word. This is, this is I believe, this is, no, listen, we can shut it down after this. Why you heard the word, when you heard the word, means that God is wanting to end the power of Satan in our lives to eliminate the curse of evil in our family or in people around us. You heard it that specific time for that specific reason. Even if it's something you heard before. You've been sitting in church like, I heard that before. He's like, okay, how many times I got to say it? There is a specific reason why you hear what you have to hear over again. Again, a lot of times I believe, because sometimes we act like we're not saved now. We act like it's a going to be thing. But now God is right now, though. You're saved right now. You're saved. If you accepted Christ, you're saved right now. He didn't want it to be, uh, y'all ever had those, okay, just my parents. Lubbock, Texas, not that big, but the school was three miles from my house. We called and said, Mom, I need a ride. I'm on my way. 
Man, they ain't even got up off the soap. I mean, they ain't even put their shoes on. Y'all know people like this? I'm on the way. They haven't gotten up. An hour later, we could have made it home walking by then. But it's cold. I don't have a jacket. Oh, yeah, I'm almost there. You, and you can't get in the car. Why'd you lie to me? Because see, back then, you didn't wear seatbelts. You got slapped right out of the car. Just say you don't want to come. That has affected me. That has given me so much trauma. Whenever, seriously, when Pastor Reed would have me go pick up the kids, I'd be up there 30, 40 minutes early. I'd be the first one in line just waiting. I ain't going to look like my parents. Like, just could not trust that they were on the way, you ups. Uh, I couldn't trust that they were on the way when they say that. And, and so they're now didn't add up with what I expected. God is not that way. He's with you. Now, now here's the thing, though, right? When, when we pray and we believe God is right there, the stuff we're praying for may not be there. God is. And God wants to know who do you want more, your stuff or him. Right? So if it's now, <laughs> now God, well, God, I, I, I want you to bring me a new car. Okay, I'm here. I don't want you. I want the car. Well, we're trying to get real close to who you're going to worship. God are the thing. God are the thing. And so God is like, I, I need to be first and always. Grace, by definition, is given freely. But how we receive grace will help determine how effective the gift of grace is in our life. Now, we got in trouble early, early on in ministry because people were using grace as a crutch. And we got in trouble. We did. We didn't do it that way. You guys can't say grace and grace and grace and, and your agape is sloppy. And, and we, you, you listen, it had to be grace exposed sin. Grace didn't just cover up. Grace exposed it so that you didn't have to do it. And strengthen you not to, not you get to. And that was the difference. We caught some flack about that. See, because then, back in the Old Testament, if you kill someone, they had a right to kill you, off and off. Right? If you did something, it was off and off. Now, when you get to New Testament, he said, do you remember when it used to be off and off? Now it is, if you just hate somebody, that's murder, which is harder. I already talked about, <laughs> yeah, you missed that part. I already talked about not liking people for like six months. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm saved. I just want you dead. Listen. If you look at another woman in lust, that's adultery. When you used to have to actually commit the act. God is interested in our heart. Again, a lot of people know how to act like a good person. Very few know how to react like one. How healthy are the reactions? And so grace became this thing to help us get through these parts. And grace became this part where Jesus said, so you could come freely to the throne room. Not freely to act outside of the throne it's freely come to the throne, not freely run around the building of the throne. So it's by definition. So when grace is received, and it says, don't receive the grace of God, so not to receive the grace of God in vain. Most people don't read that verse like that. 
right? Even, even this one. Let me, let me give you this. Galatians uh, 2 and 20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. In the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of God who loved me and gave himself up for, uh, gave himself up for me. And then it says in verse 21, for I do not frustrate the grace of God. Right? Where, where grace gets frustrated is like, I've made a plan. I've strengthened you to be okay. I've strengthened you to be stronger than this. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't lame you to make you struggle. I strengthen you. How do we receive that? How do we receive these things from God? In vain or in love? And here's what another part that we struggle with that we receive in, in vain is the love of God because we think God still wants to punish us for some reason. He's like, I like, can you imagine? I can't imagine this. If my kids came home and asked me if they could have something to eat out of her first of all, I'm going to get angry with them. Because if it's in there, why are you asking me? You know it's yours. Right? Y'all don't make your kids ask for food, do you? Okay. Yeah, look at me kind of weird. <laughs> That's what we do. Uh, if they ask, I'm, 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 I'm going to get angry. Dad, I ain't ate all day. Is it okay if I get some food? I ain't ate all day was take whatever's in there. And now Pastor Rita's gone a little bit further. Whenever they leave, they leave with a doggy bag that, well, a grocery sack. Packing <laughs> them up. I'm like, where, where, where are they going with the, where, Betty Crocker, where the, where the, where the, where the, where the moist, the moist cake maker gave them the moist one? Oh, give them that dry. Give them that pound cake mix. Don't give them the moist. You know the one where they got the picture with the chocolate hanging off of there? Like, it's like, and you know it's Photoshop, but it looks like that's right. And God don't want you coming in asking if you can eat. Asking if you've forgiven. Asking if you have mercy. Asking, asking if he loves you. Asking if, is he like, like gosh, I, he's got to be. I mean, he ain't, but thank God I'm not God. <laughs> that's right <laughs> thank God you're not but you know what I mean like come in and act like it's your house act like you have every right to be in there act like you have every right and then we grew up in, and I grew up now, 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 now I did have some uncles and aunts who did not want you just walking in a house eating now I did have those I did see that so I knew God was different but I did. I did grow up around that, so I'm not getting it twisted. But that ain't God. Why are you opening up my refrigerator? I mean, that bologna done been in there six weeks. Let us go and cook that. It's the only way it's edible. And then we treated God that way when, when we're going, you know, anytime we're going in there, like, well, God, y'all don't even know if he's going to even hear my prayers. It's like, open up the door and get out of there what you need. Open it up. Talk about a lot of food today. It's going to be good lunches for everybody, all right? Good, good stuff. To it's, it's, there's about a freedom. So when grace is received with a later on attitude or I'll get to it next time or I'll start changing my ways later on, it, it's, it's put on house arrest. And the greatness of freedom and privilege of struggles to, to live in, and so it don't, don't live in this freedom. Grace, the favor of God given to encourage the work that many feel is impossible, which is why people want to wait until they get it together. But the now with God gives us strength to live 
faithfully to him. Now, let me tell you now, here's how God tests you, right? So the second, the fifth grade assistant principal, this little lady, and she had met me before, but I think she forgot. Okay? But man, she was about, man, she goes, I know you from somewhere. I don't know where. And I'm like, a couple years ago, I was just here. It was just, but okay. I'm from Virginia. And she was like, like, and I just spoke, and she goes, I just heard from the sixth grade kids. And she was getting into it, and she was like, oh, man, we're going to share with these kids. So the kids come in there. I only have 45 minutes. She's eating up 10 of them. She goes, you ever go to the restaurant, kids? They go, yeah. And when you have too much food that you can't eat, what do you do? And she goes, you get a carryout. I said, well, doggy bag, but I'm not going to get into it with you up here. Carry out. You have something to take home. She goes, I got some for you. I got all this. She had all this candy. And she goes, you're going to get some privileges if you can remember some stuff to take home what he says. Now, when I speak, I have scripted little sayings I say. And I, I finished at 27 minutes because she had used up a bunch of time. She had 30 kids line up. She had wrote down, and I didn't realize I had said this many, over 40 quotes. I don't even know how I couldn't have wrote them down. As I was telling you, I don't even remember what I said. And she said, uh, one of them was, what's been tested can be trusted. And she said, what's been tested can be, what is it? I mean, I'm like, okay, my time is up. But I'm stuck there while these kids are lining up to do this. And it was about the standardized testing. What did he say? This test is not greater than me. Yeah! And she'd just scream, and she'd do her little step, and she'd come back, and I, she said somebody, apparently she's done this before where she's over-talked, and uh, they've told her not to do this. But she said, she goes, Tori, my spirit wouldn't hold back. She said, I had to tell these fifth graders, she goes, that what, whatever, that what you were doing, my spirit couldn't contain itself. I never go in there not a preacher. Got me? I don't go in there and I don't break out the scriptures like we're doing now, but I never go in there not as a preacher. In other words, I don't travel along, I take the spirit of God with me. Okay? Everything you do, everything you do. And so we got to make sure we do that and make sure you give it. And, and she was fired up like, I didn't think she was going. So I finished talking at, gosh, that one was 9.45. I didn't get to walk out of the building till 10.15. Cause she had them kids lined up. What'd you get out of it? What'd you taking home? What you gonna do with this? And I was like, I was getting embarrassed for him. But she was saying, if we don't challenge him, we won't be able to change him. And I was like, all right, sister, let me sit here. I just want to get home because I need to run an errand here in town. But we in Dallas, so you know, but don't mind me. God created us, and He will get us together. There's no need to wait until. You, you're together before coming to God. And so we want to tell people, come as you are. We say that all the time. As believers, respond as you are. 
Sometimes the only time we come as we are is the one time we come to get saved, and then after that we think we need to be so good before we can come to God. Proverbs 27.1, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Uh, can anyone find the verse in the Bible that says tomorrow's not promised? Okay, well, we'll talk about it later. Um, where it says tomorrow, y'all heard that before, right? Tomorrow is not promised. It says it, does it say it just like, I'm telling you that it ain't in there like that. That is something, now do you think about, now we say something similar, right? Right, y'all stop looking. Star, I did that to y'all. Like, I, this dude, these tests got to stop. <laughs> Don't do this online. And, and Matthew 6, 34, it says, take no thought for tomorrow. Right? Because tomorrow has enough for itself. What we've taken is tomorrow ain't promised. I've heard people say that all the time. And it's, in a sense, no, it isn't. But that's not exactly how the Bible says it. Because, again, it ain't wait until tomorrow. It says don't even think about tomorrow. Because if we got this whole just so long as I don't wait about it, I can think about it or worry about it. Just take no thought for tomorrow. Today. Bless them today. This is the day the Lord has made. Today. God can be anything in our life but next. We can't make him next. He got to be now. The many times you say, I'm, I'm going to be God next. I, I remember that. I'd go to churches and just, just wasn't living right. Okay, next Sunday. I'll get it next Sunday. I would do that. I'll get it right next time. I mean, just miserable. Church would be good. And I've said, walking out, I would say, I'll get it next Sunday. Now is the time. Knowing that tomorrow is not a promise to any man, God wants us to walk with him today. Why do I still have the same problems? Because if you put God off, you put the problems back in. And so then God is like, okay, well, that's who you're choosing to walk with. Whenever I speak to you, drop them then. Drop them then. Uh, if you got a hold of my phone, which uh, I was about to say Pastor Miracle, which is not a pastor. Miracle has told me to email my notes to myself because I have this just tons of notes because the minute God speaks to me, if I'm on a treadmill, if I'm running out here, what I stop and I write them down. Because I'm living in a physical world, that was a spiritual word given to me. And if I hesitate on it, I may miss it. Okay? So that's how God, and people say, I want God to speak to me. He is, you're just not taking the time to respond. All right, awesome. This is going, I love it. It's great. All right? So now, right? So Jesus asked the rich young ruler, you remember that? He, rich young ruler did everything, and he said, now all you lack is to go sell all you have and follow me. And the rich young ruler walked away because he had a bunch of stuff. And he said, I didn't want to get rid of it. And now we always equate that because he was rich. They wouldn't call him the rich young ruler if he wasn't rich. But then he didn't follow after Christ because he didn't, had too much to sell off, just too much to give away. And really the sad thing in how much he had to sell, the sad thing was what was the opportunity he was missing by not following Christ. What he would have gained from that. Now, we get this right and we say, well, I don't have a bunch of money to sell, but you got a bunch of anger you need to go sell. A bunch of unforgiveness bunch of hurt. You need to go sell all you have, follow Christ. But God, they haven't paid for what they did for me. Sell it. Sell it. 
People that say they wait, they will wait until tomorrow wants to be in control of a future. Everyone that, uh, don't raise your hand, but if you are a control freak, you probably struggle with this. Well, God, I need to know what you're doing next week for me. That's not walking by faith. And he's not going to tell you, right? He's just a control freak. And so when, you, when you're consumed with, I need to know how tomorrow's plan. And I'm not a planner, and I don't care to plan, and I don't want to plan. I want to go on vacation. I don't want to know when I got to be somewhere and all of that stuff. There are other people that do that, and they like that. They like scheduled stuff. That's not vacation to me. That's work. That's work. But it's, if it's vacation with the person that you love, you'll do it. But go so you can stay an extra day where you do absolutely nothing on a schedule. And what I do with that day is I go get grape jelly and I just rub it on both cheeks. No, serious. Because this means if I can't go out in public like that, right? You're shaking your head no like you would never go out in public. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to sit in there and I'll let it dry up. Whatever I need to do stay inside. It ain't because Pastor Rita's dragging me out. Sometimes I don't know how to sit still. Tell me no about my grape jelly. Watch yourself. So we got to let go of control. We got to quit trying to control God. Especially for the people that we're praying for and when they don't act like things are happening, we try to speak it over them like we're trying to control the scripture. I remember I had a lady tell me, you should preach about this. And then that statement popped in my head, your mama. But I, I just, it just popped in there. I didn't say it, but like when people start telling you what you need to say, and because she was having issues with her husband, she wanted me to preach about how horrible her husband was. All right. I said, now I'm going to talk about people trying to be the Holy Spirit in my life. How about that one? She's no longer here. So we can't offend her. But you know what I mean? Like where people try to tell you how to hear from God. And God says, if you keep me now, you won't have to deal with that when. Keep me now. That won't have to come up. So Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 11. Listen to this. This is our, this is our great prayer. We prayed this. Y'all know we led somebody to Christ last Sunday. And so one of the good things about that is when we say it's got to be about you, I've seen people march to the front in front of people but never before God. We like to leave people in their seats so they go before God, not before us. All right, that's awesome. Here we go. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved for with the heart man believeth on, on, unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Okay? So salvation happened when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. There are people and scholars or whatever what they would call themselves is arguing about. It takes more than that. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the minute you say it and confess it, now, God. Not next week, now God. Now I'll strengthen you to walk it out. I'll strengthen you to get together. But a lot of people say, no, you need to say more than that. I can't find any more verses. The only thing that's going to follow after that is shame, which he said, you'll not be ashamed. Not be ashamed. Yeah, yeah, and trust me, 100%. I'm one of those, if you say you're a believer, come on, let's walk and let's live it. Let's not act like we're not. However, 
That don't mean you didn't get it now because God would not be honor of his word if you have to wait two weeks to get it. Why would he tell you to be strong and courageous if he didn't already know you're strong and courageous? You're strong right now. Oh, man, I would have, oh, gosh, I wish he would have came to this gym yesterday. Little kid, little skinny kid. I thought he was in eighth grade. He was, he's in college. And he was lifting weights next to us. So means he was watching us. And so he would go, and I mean, he didn't have much weight on it. I thought he was going to snap in half. And so just looking at him, and so when he would see us lift tons more weight than he was, he became afraid to ask us to help him. You ever felt like that? Like, oh, I, I'm in a gym. I should know better. No, there's stuff bigger than you. There's stuff bigger than you. Uh, Robert, Robert, uh, Irene's boy. Like, Robert, Robert is massive. Like, mus muscles just, he's just huge. But there was a time Robert wasn't as strong. But he got in a couple things that he did. Now, there's a couple things. I brag on it because we, we pick on each other all the time. We're together. People just get away. There are people competing with you, and you don't even know it. And they're competing and getting upset. Well, Big Rob, we roll up in there, and, 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 uh, and he comes in there, and he just gets so many weights that people just. And let me tell you. You may be taking on a lot, and people may be judging you for it, but you're strong enough to carry what God has called you to take on. Now, they're looking at you, oh, you can't do that. You can't. You can't. I wouldn't be picking them up if I couldn't. He's called you to carry what you're carrying. Nobody else has to do it because you're strong enough to do it. If that little kid would have grabbed all the weights we had, he'd have died. And so when we were encouraging them and helping them and those, and those things of it, don't carry somebody, don't run somebody else's race. Right? Don't run another man's race. Kids are just so crazy. They're so competitive. Who think you can beat me running? I got you. Beat you. I always make them come up on stage too. Where are we going to run? I say, oh, it's the first one to get to 56 years old. There you go. And when I, yeah, quit getting involved in things you don't know all the information to. Right? Salvation comes now upon confessing and believing that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. If salvation would have been set up to be next, that would be a part of works. So if you confess with your mouth and then next week you'll be saved, then that means you have to work through that week to get there. That's why it's now. The other thing that he did almost immediately was about forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just right then and there. How many of y'all prayed that prayer and then still felt guilty? Wait, yeah. You have two hands. He says, you're forgiven. Why are you still thinking about this? Why are you still talking? Because I messed up in front of people who are judging you. I'm not judging you. Who do you want more? You want me or you want them? You got to know you're forgiven. It, it, it's a struggle because Pastor Rita was just saying it. Sometimes we feel like time has to pass so we can feel good about ourselves again. 
And God is saying, I don't want you like that because there may be a person I need you to speak to then, but you're too ashamed of yourself to speak to the life that they need to have. Be forgiven. And anyone brings it up, act like you don't know who they're talking about. Because you're not that person anymore. The Apostle Paul had the nerve to say, I've wronged no man. He's on record for killing Christians. He says, that person died. See, you could die more than once. Luke 4, 18 through 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Okay? So I'm going to just jump into those verses. This is Jesus preaching according to Isaiah 61.1. It was prophesied he would say this exact thing. This is the script that he's reading from. He's talking about himself. Whatever you are, wherever you are in your life, find the scriptures that relate to you. Find yourself in the Bible. He stood up and read, and that's who I am, and then he sat down. He was a little kid. The other one that we'll go back to is a story about Josiah, whose dad died, and Josiah became king at eight. How is an eight-year-old going to become a king? What is he going to legalize, running in the hallway? But Josiah became king at eight, and then they took him into the temple, and he read that I am to destroy all of those who did not worship God and all the bones of those people and the Antichrist that were once here. And once he knew what he was supposed to do, he stood up and do it, did it. When you know what you're supposed, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, no matter what. No matter how many times, no matter what hateful thing relatives have said, no matter what they've said to me, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I found it in the scriptures. I found myself in the Bible. Find yourself in the Bible. You'll quit looking for yourself in this world. I know, man. I, there's some stuff. See, that wasn't even written down. That wasn't the Spotify, that one. But that's usually what happens, right? Is that we're so busy searching for ourselves out in the world because we haven't found ourselves in the Word. And everything that we need is in the Word. One of the things I used to get offended by is that people would say when they'd have these men's conference and I have to go and they go, and, and Pastor Tori's going to be bringing the fun time. And they have this bishop, and he's going to be preaching, and this bishop, he's going to be preaching, and then we're going to have Pastor Tori, he's going to be fun time. And, and I would want to get up there and preach fire and brim, just because to let them know, I, I got your fun right here. You might be going to hell. Like, I, I want to do that. And, and, and God has said, What's your problem? I said, God, they, they, they don't, they're not taking me serious. I'm already, you know, stature issues. And he says, don't you remember the prophecy that I gave Deborah Alderman about you in 1992? Yeah. He says, you'll be, able to, you'll be able to preach to the young and the old. And you'll be able to satisfy the heart of the youngest to the oldest. I didn't call you there to be angry. I called you there to be complete. So what, what they think about you? You're going to reach an age group that but they Greek and Hebrew ain't going to be able to reach. I need some fun up in there in the main group preaches. That's why you're there. He called you exactly the way you are. 
And that's not the only time it's happened. Even when I've gone and all these people get up there with their PhDs and all this stuff on, on behavior health of children and how to act with children, how to raise children and children that got problem. And then they go, and, and this guy, he'll come along and he'll make you laugh. And I do, but then they usually want me to go first. And then nobody wants to follow. Because my behavior health has actually been out there with the people who actually had the behavior problem. Their behavior health is on paper, right? So that means you are qualified to speak up. Each and every one of us qualified to speak up. Okay, so we'll do that. So, so remember that Josiah found himself in the Bible. He did that. Oh, I can't, I can't let this go. The acceptable year of the Lord, when he said that, remember that? Uh, in, in the Old Testament, the Jubilee year. Everybody know what the Jubilee year was? You were forgiven of all your debts. Imagine if we had Jubilee now, every seven years. No debt. They wiped it all out. All of it was gone. You got to start over. Every seven years. Man, MasterCard couldn't keep up. <laughs> Especially if it's year six and you ain't got one. Give me, give me, give me. Give me cards. Jesus said, I, to, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, meaning... The year of Jubilee where salvation is going to come to arm, you won't have any more debt to hell and death. That's the ultimate Jubilee. God, can you get me free from my relatives? Man, don't you remember? You're saved. You're not going to hell anymore. I just want more. It's good. More is available, but enjoy now. Because more isn't going to make sense if you don't know how to enjoy now. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by, the, by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. When you pray, receive it right then and there. You've heard me say at the end of our prayer time in the mornings, Daniel 10.12, he heard us when we prayed the first time. Remember that, 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 that the, uh, Michael the archangel had to uh, wrestle the enemy over Moses' body, but he heard you pray the first time. When you prayed, he heard you. That, he said it's right there. So now faith is. So it's just as our physical eyesight is the sense that God gives us evidence of material world. Faith is the sense that gives us evidence of the invisible world. Faith does not contradict reason, though it may go beyond reason. I don't understand, God, how this works. I'm beyond your understanding. It doesn't contradict the reason. It just goes beyond it. The now factor of faith will always arrive faster than a mind that is not aligned with God's word. All right? Joshua 24, 15, and I'm going to give you the highlight, which is the very last sentence. Ask for me in my house. We will serve the Lord. When do y'all plan to serve the Lord? Now. Every time they pass your thing, we were praying about that we cover the doorpost. You walk through the doorpost, you, spirit, spirit of God. Ask for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. That's my house. I'm going to pray over my house. That is a now time. I don't care how you come in. I don't care what comes in. They're going to come in and there's going to be a service to the Lord for each and every heart that walks through my door, especially mine. I'm going to defend my front door 
with the word of God. As for me and my house, means I can't let you bring no spirits in here. That, that works out, right? <laughs> I can't let you bring that in here. Can't let you sit up in my house and cuss and act crazy. You know, you got to go. We lost some friends, or a legend. He said, you can't talk like that here. Can't hang out with you. You're not going to be around my kids using that kind of language. We're not going to act that way because that doesn't go with what God says. That's for me in my house. We're going to serve the Lord. You're just being one of those uh, holy rollers. I haven't used rollers in years. Just holy. I'm just holy. Just holy. Right? I mean, you, you got to have it within you because your, your babies are there. And then those who are grandbabies, you have the promise of them. Even with their crazy parents. You speak over them. Man. Now, now, one thing we're not supposed to pray that their tongue sticks to the roof of their mouth. This is one I had to release from. But, but, but you understand that when you're speaking over them, carrying them, you guys bring your, your grandchildren here and they're saving the family. The deliverance is happening uphill. You're just going in a different, uh, different way than others may have done it. And part of the power of that is, is there is now in your heart that I'm going to see to it that you are blessed. That's the greatest things grandparents can do. Because now grandparents don't have to worry about whooping nobody. Y'all don't even care to. Ask and do you want one? My mom said that to the kids. Like, do, do you want a whoop? And like, what? That was an option? It's never an option for us. In fact, didn't even talk. Just come in swinging. Now all of a sudden, baby, do you want to eat that? Do you want to get? Want to? Man, what is happening to y'all? That's like, settle down, Grandma. And as you bring them to that, you're showing that grace and mercy of God that you didn't get to have. I mean, and come on now, honestly, we all deserve that knock in the head. I don't, I don't care how we try to act, oh, that was so abusive. No. You had some in you that needed to be physically knocked out, right? Because you couldn't be trusted with, baby, just don't. <laughs> the counselor, y'all don't ever scream at your kids. It's like, my kids got me in them. That don't work. We'll run right into the street and get hit by a truck. I'm going to scream at my kids because I'm in there. And I know I needed that. And somebody try to pass their behaviors onto you. You keep passing your behaviors through the word of God. Amen? All right. Y'all bow your heads. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the immediate and the urgency of what we've been believing for. Many times people will think we've had a fast turnaround, but Lord God, I thank you for showing us that faith has always been in the works. That Father God, that I've been believing for this for a long time. I knew it happened right when I prayed, so I just stood and stayed to see the outcome. 
And I thank you, Lord God, for the outcome manifested in my lifetime. So, Lord, we thank you. We apply that to each and every area of our life, especially in the area of walking in forgiveness, knowing in holiness, knowing of righteousness. Lord, now I turn to that loved one. I turn to that relative and say, now, God, in our relationship, now, God, I, I remove all the stains of what used to be and what once was to stand and say, now, God, God, heal my spouse. God, heal my mind. Heal the way I look at them, Lord God. Help me, Lord God, to view and see what you see. See them how you saw me at one time where you had to have the clearest vision about what I could become when I couldn't even see it myself. I thank you, Lord God, that I now believe to be able to see that and those closest to me and those that I love. We have the eyes of God. Eyes like you, Lord God. Help me to love like you do peace like you do. Believe like you do. I thank you, Jesus, as we walk out that, now God, I just believe that I have it and I receive it for the life of God in me right now. And Lord God, that it is hope delivered by the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. See them differently, y'all. See them differently. Also be praying. So I got to start talking about drugs. <laughs> Two parents with their kids. These are going to be some night sessions. Uh, so if you got any information on fentanyl, not how to get it. <laughs>